Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. Welcome to another episode of Artsy AF. Thanks for being here. This week's podcast is... The one and only, Crystallize. I'll go ahead and spell her name so that you guys can find it. And at the top here, we're going to kind of list off some credentials um, that Crystal has accomplished and that she's she's helped us, uh, you know, be ourselves with. First of all, K-R-Y-S-T-L-E-Y-E-Z. Yes. I got the thumbs up on that one, so I got it right. Crystal, yes. <laughs> Crystal paved the way for uh, a lot of live painters in the scene. Uh, She was painting way back in 2004 and 2005, um, before I had even had an inclination to pick up a brush. She was out here doing it. So we talk about that. We talk about the purpose of art, um, the intention behind some of her images, and just building community through collaboration. Is a big, big chunk of the episode. So, um, I guess we'll keep it tight. Yeah, keep it tight, keep it right. Yeah. Crystal's a sweetheart, and she wants you to know that you're part of whatever's happening. Yeah. So, join us. Join our band. <laughs> Let's hang out. Let's talk about art. Let's make art. Let's live through our heart and have a great time together. Preach on, brother. <laughs> Episode 17 of RCAF. Oh, yeah. Crystal, you want to help launch us into this one? In five, four, three, two, two one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll. Rock and roll. <laughs> Yeah, sweet. Do you have my vapor pen? You mean our sponsor for the show, Jewel? <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the Jewel Pod. Just the pod. <coughs> it uh is totally safe because it's only killed twenty seven people this year, I think. Yeah. yeah. So thanks. Shout out to Jewel. Jewel, safer than driving, safer than smoking. <laughs> are we recording yeah i just hit record oh good so we got our ad in (laughs) and then we're not sponsored by jewel though (laughs) it'd be a lucrative are you getting any is that doing 
Yeah, you're fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Sweet. So, so welcome to RTAF, Crystal. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on the show with us. Uh, I'm grateful to be here with you guys. Yeah. So we're in, uh, we're once again at Randall Morgan's Chateau. Chateau in the mountains. We're in the middle of a cloud right now. <laughs> a cloud of jewel vapor. <laughs> <laughs> it's really foggy and cold up here and like pretty magical, you know? Yeah. Like uh, there's a valley and there's snow on the ground and uh, there's this kind of like foggy mist rolling through. Feeling pretty mystical. So visionary right now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> hey, Crystal. Uh, hey. Uh, so you live in Wisconsin now. What are you doing in Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> well, Boulder will always be a second home to me. Um, and it's been, it's been a couple of years since I've been back here, surprisingly, which flew by. A couple of years? Yeah, it's been two years since I've been back to wow. Boulder. Dang. Um, I've been back, back to Colorado in that time, but but I'm back here um, to see Tribe, yeah. connect with good friends, and I'm working on finishing up a series of our collaborative murals that I've painted with Morgan and Randall and Sweet Melissa. Mm -hmm. So we have a series of paintings that we're, we're finishing up, hopefully before the holidays, and um, yeah, painting and hanging out. Cool. Yeah, they look super rad, by the way. Yeah, I'm Thank sure we'll so we'll have them uh, at least progress shots in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you guys don't know, every year at Electric Forest, the dream team of Randall and Morgan, Crystal and Sweet Melissa uh, create. They're like ten foot paintings. They're big. Eight foot. Eight, eight to ten. Eight feet. to ten feet. Yeah. By six feet tall. Mm -hmm. um, massive massive portals yeah so. <laughs> they're uh they come together typically in like three or four days and then they they dial them in and uh i'd say like the detail on your work is uh one of the most impressive things um about these paintings uh, have you always painted like super fine detail is that where you started or um maybe uh, just give us a like rundown of your style and how it's evolved over the years. Sure. Um, <clears throat> really, I think that I've always had a love for an attention to detail. And mm. when I was younger um, and develop developing my, really just my love with painting and with art itself, I was prone to want to zoom into the details um, of of my work. Um, sorry, I'm saying I'm so many times. Can we cut and start over? <laughs> Keeping them in. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, sometimes we edit the ums out. <clears throat> Other times, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Just, yeah, don't don't worry about it. Um, yeah. Um, um, um. <laughs> yeah, can just, yeah, that's what everybody's doing when they're trying to think of something. They're like, what's that sound that the universe is made of? Um, yeah. So, but yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, when I was younger, I feel like my work, I was really interested in 
the potential of hyper-realism with images. Mm -hmm. And I found myself that I was a lot more reliant on the image itself. So I was inspired by taking something that I was looking at and the power of art to instill life or spirit mm -hmm. into something. And so my images at that time were, like I said, more reliant on, on observation and technical details. And that was the style I kind of worked with for many years in high school, um, which was kind of when I really started to find my own voice as an artist. Mm -hmm. Although I've always loved painting and drawing and since I was a little girl. Cool. Um, and then I kind of reached a point where I felt like I was really, uh, I had accomplished a certain sensibility with my technique. Mm -hmm but I felt like I was always fiercely intimidated by a blank canvas or a blank piece of paper mm -hmm. and not looking at something. So that was a breakthrough time for me, it was mid-college when I really tried to like cast the reliant, reliance on anything outside of me mm -hmm. aside to Did give space any? for the imagination and whatever mm -hmm. that my inner workings were to come out and not be afraid of what that might look like, even though I didn't know mm -hmm. what that what that was going to look like. Was there like um, a catalyst to make you switch gears? Um, I don't know. I feel like it was kind of a life shift I was going through in general. I feel like I was having a lot of profound synchronistic experiences in that time and my consciousness was shifting a lot mm -hmm. um, and I was having you know some very deep deeper thoughts about the nature of reality and consciousness that I I felt like I needed to find a different way to express those experiences through mm -hmm. my artwork and a part of that was that it wasn't something that was necessarily fully like definable mm -hmm. with it with a specific image it was more this flowing stream right. of consciousness kind of stuff that was going on for me internally that I wanted to translate into my creative process mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I had a, a experience I'd say kind of it was during a spring break um, from college and all my roommates were out of town and I basically challenged myself that I was gonna just paint and do yoga and like really go deep into my creative process one weekend. And I had the space to do it and I really like let go of any preconceived ideas of what I was trying to create at that time. Mm -hmm. And I just started painting and I did this piece over the course of a few days that was just a bunch of very ambiguous sim like kind of a symbolic language of form mm. like sphere sphere representing the sun like uh squiggly lines just representing energy I had some leaves and plants and stuff but this this painting started to come to life and there was a point in the painting that felt like it was like i called it the point of origin mm -hmm. and it was this origin point that seemed like the energy of the whole piece was being birthed out of. And uh, at that point, 
well, two things happen with this piece, and that the first one was that surrendering and letting go of any idea of what I was wanting to create, nice. and then the, so there was this organic aspect to the painting that was happening that I was intrigued by, but I felt like it needed to be balanced with something that was more structured, mm -hmm. and so I looked and set you know the painting aside and was thinking, what kind of design do I want to? have countering all of this flowy energy that was going on yeah. and I drew a circle yeah and then I drew another circle and then I drew another circle <laughs> I drew another circle and before I knew it I had a really incredibly beautiful pattern in front of me and that moment that experience was my basically my introduction to sacred geometry right and on. the pattern that I had drawn was the seat of life or iteration of the seat of life that I then later found out had been etched into pyramid walls yeah. that dates back through yeah, that's ancient history. And it came through in that surrendered moment of Damn, not relying in. on anything else outside of me. Um, and so my work from that, that specific time frame, this was in two, early 2005, um, my style, my entire visual language that I was communicating with completely evolved drastically from that experience. Wow. Awesome. Um, Just one weekend. One in a, weekend. Alone yeah. in a room. It <laughs> right. Gave you, it was the catalyst for your whole life's journey. Exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. That's so super rad. Yeah. It's, I think, uh, it's a good point to kind of like lean into is, uh, the letting go of, preconceived notions of how you're supposed to create something or what it's supposed to quote unquote look like. Mm -hmm. I, I find that to be very freeing, you know, and some of the coolest things can come out of that. Is that still how you paint? Like, do you have plans now? Cause I mean, sometimes you got to balance it, like have a plan, like maybe just a sketch or something and then flow from there. Or, um, yeah. How, how does a painting typically start for you? You know, I've I've really kind of stuck with this process of the surrender to whatever the painting is wanting to have happen. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my paintings have um, been created that way. And another element of this is is that I also started live performance painting around that same time, mm -hmm. 2005. And so even if I went in and thought I'd have a plan for a painting, that usually got set aside the moment that I was in the show <laughs> yeah. and I'm just moving with whatever the, the flow of energy from being out and surrounded with music and, and people and just the energy of the environment that um, was also you know influential in what was happening on my canvas. Mm -hmm. um, so for the most part, you know, I find that there's been a huge, I mean, I've had a huge, uh, a huge bulk of my body of work has been created that way from, you know, minimal, maybe a little bit of a sketch that is getting the energy moving in a certain direction. But more than that, it's really just the seed of an intention of what that pa painting is, is for or what I want it to communicate just on a level of it, it being transformational for people to look at um, or for myself, whatever I'm working through. And I was usually both, you know, yeah. um, and, and occasionally I will come in and have something very specific that I'm wanting to render. Um, sometimes that happens while I'm in the midst of a painting too, that I see, okay, this is what 
this is wanting to become. And I might work on, you know, defining that more Mm -hmm. with more of a plan to execute an idea. But, but yeah, I like to leave a lot of room for the spaciousness of, of spirit really to weave its way into my paintings and kind of communicate through me in a way. Mm-hmm. I've, I've also heard that you even like, you'll just paint over like established parts of your paintings. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, paintings within yeah. paintings within paintings, you know, and that's, that's the interesting part of the creative process, right? To destroy or cover up what isn't working or something, mm-hmm. you know, to not, to not like try to polish a turd, so to speak, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just letting go of what you don't want anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had some, some of the more cathartic moments I've had with my art have involved that where I am looking at a canvas that has an old energy in it that was either like a knot in the painting or I just didn't resonate with it. Um, or I just felt inspired to take it in a completely different direction and will glaze over huge chunks of the painting, Mm -hmm. eliminate, you know, major elements and, and then, but leaving a little bit of like a ghostly echo to what Mm. was there Mm -hmm. that you still get this kind of an imprint from the painting that was, you know, uh, embedded underneath whatever the painting becomes. But um, and that usually can open up some spaces of some really interesting different imagery too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those old paintings, you know, they. I. It, it's an interesting dance because we do some part of us. If you've spent you know months rendering something, mm. I feel kind of attached to yeah <laughs> that thing that you uh-huh. were trying to work out. It's always a crisis once you've been working. Like at least for me, if I worked on something for even a week. Uh huh. And then you're just like, this isn't working. It's like yeah. painful. Yeah. It's like breaking up with a part of your painting or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, uh, gotta go. But it, that is very, <laughs> you know, it's very freeing and wise and translatable to every aspect of reality to be able to discard what's no longer is serving you. Totally. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, no, I. I think that's really important and I'm going through that in an interesting way right now because I have a stack of older live performance paintings that, Mm -hmm. you know, after you get a certain distance from some work, Mm -hmm. it can either feel like, okay, this was like, uh, it feels like they're they're practice pieces, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not necessarily something that I want to sit and spend months or even a few weeks like refining them and figuring out the whole composition and so Mm -hmm. I've been sitting with some of these older pieces you know kind of thinking about this like do I paint over them do I they're not necessarily some of them aren't like something I'd be proud to put on a wall you know yeah I was gonna say but it's still a part of my evolution of my work yeah and so yeah that's it's an interesting part of being of what doing what we do, you know, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we're always learning and growing, and something might be really cool when we first start making it, but then a couple of weeks later, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I know so much more now, <laughs> or like, what was I thinking yeah. then? Well, like, sometimes it's like sometimes I relate it to um, kind of like surfing and catching different waves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like it might be this little wave that you caught 
and you did some shit on, but then that wave broke, mm-hmm. and like you can't ride it anymore. Whatever that, yeah. whatever that wave was, is, was here and gone. But you learn something from it, mm-hmm. which then informs everything else you do. Right. But yeah. And that wave might a similar wave might come come around again in yeah. the future. You know, mm-hmm. we can let, go back to some of those earlier elements of our work um, that were foundational pieces of like developing your style or language, mm-hmm. um, visual language, and bringing back some of those pieces later. Um, I kind of feel feel that with you know to go back to our initial. The initial question about the evolution of my my work, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I've done s- this free flowing style and movement away from relying on the image, uh, outside image, mm-hmm. for so long that I'm almost ready to go back to that now yeah. and do more oh, yeah, we highly were just talking rendered. About that. You know, I don't I don't know if I'd say photorealistic. But there's an element of that that I want this kind of magical real the magical realism that is, can be very profound if you can really ac- accomplish that to make something that is you know distilled from this visionary realm yeah. and make that believable that you can actually carry someone to that place and have it have them feel like they can experience it as if they were seeing it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, you're like kind of putting your internal feeling or or just the flow onto something real looking, mm-hmm. grounding it, and it it breathes, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's also yeah, I've I I yearn for uh, like realism in my paintings mm-hmm. as well. It's um, there's a, some people you know do it just perfectly like walk that line between um sort of fantastic uh visionary i guess for lack of a better term states and are able to embed it in something that looks real Mm -hmm. and i think that's maybe what we're all striving for a little bit Uh, it seems seems like uh yeah what's like a phase you know grounded realism total etheric spiritual realm and then weaving the two together. Like as you go along the path and you go through these different phases of uh, creative expression, then you can weave a tapestry of all that together to create something that trans, you know, it it translates or imparts on the viewer um, synthesized wisdom from your experiences. And uh, yeah, just a, a grander depiction. There is something to, yeah, like grounding your paintings in something familiar or mm-hmm. observable. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're just riffing over here. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Crystal, we were talking the other day about kind of your history of live painting. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like a famous live painter lady. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, I mean, you were saying that the first time you live painted, you had... You never even saw somebody do it or even knew it was a thing, right? No, I hadn't. Um, <laughs> nice. I had never seen a live painting before I started live painting. So it was an interesting way to enter into this whole world. Um, because I was coming with a very blank uh, a conception. A blank, blank canvas or of conception of yeah. what this thing even was. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I had never thought that that would be the place that I would want to or even, I don't know, that I'd be creating from, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially in the sense of on a more personal level, feeling like I'm more of a private person. I don't feel exactly comfortable being under a bright spotlight. Mm -hmm. Some of my first live paintings were exactly that I was sharing with John. I had a a light behind me from like across the room that we were in and I was painting in my shadow the whole night. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I'm thinking, Oh man, I've got this bright light on me. And like, what does the back of my head look like? (laughs) And then I'm laughing at myself and my ego that I'm like worried about my hair when I'm here trying to do a painting in a couple (laughs) hours, which is like a crazy thing to even comprehend or think I was possible. Uh Um, I still feel that way, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. you know, yeah, totally. it's, it's still like a race against the clock and time and um, to do a performance in that kind of a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was something that was so intriguing to me from those early live painting experiences. I put a lot of thought into it and thinking about how art throughout time is, um, I don't know, I don't want to generalize, but it's a pri- it's a very personal thing, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of artists throughout history have been tucked away in their studios or places, creating in in a way that you know, that brings something incredible to life for the world, but not necessarily under the eyes of observation from other people to see what the process was that it took to get to that point. And I felt like when I started live painting and the the feedback that I got from people instantaneously and across the board was really just how inspired people were to see someone making art in front of them in a way that was just really raw and accessible Mm -hmm. and it inspired them to want to paint or to create themselves. Mm -hmm. And I realized that pretty quickly on as I was doing the live painting thing was like, wow, this is a really amazing way that I can inspire other people to make art and to connect with their creative spirit, which Mm -hmm. I deeply believe in. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really, really passionate about that aspect of life because I know how much it's helped me through my life of just being a human and having all this stuff inside that we want to express outward, you right. know, mm-hmm. um, in some way. And people could do it through dance or through music. For me, I've always really loved um, and appreciated the the process of making art and um, and wanting to share that with other people. So anyways... Long story short, that was, yeah, um, that was like 2005 or some of my earlier live paintings. And at that time, I hadn't, I didn't have any other artists around me that were thinking about art this way or, mm-hmm. you know, creating them this way. I did uh, invite a friend with me for my first live painting because I was afraid to do it myself. I thought, Co- oh, maybe collaboration. I so I did a collaboration oh, really? first time. with a woman named Alyssa Chazen. Shouts. And, uh, <laughs> Alyssa, if you're out there, I haven't talked to her in a long time. Now. Hey, what's up, Alyssa? Um, but yeah, it was cool that the collaborative aspect of it too, um, to share that creative process with someone and to not know what we were going to create, but just letting you know, letting it happen. Yeah. And I painted a, 
mostly solo live paintings from that point forward for many, many years. And, and now I've come back to more so uh, my live paintings being in a collaborative, uh, more of a collaborative yeah. uh, flow, um, which has been kind of a, another evolution to the live painting that's yeah. been important too. Um, what do you think it is about uh, collaborations? Uh, I mean, this is kind of just a toss-up question, but that that make them so special, um, and why why do you enjoy them? Because <laughs> because so, because I'll just put this in here too. Because like I know that like being an artist, you have your vision, right? And it's kind of like this really special, precious thing to you, maybe sometimes, or it can be, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah what what parts of collaboration do you uh think are important both literally and metaphorically (laughs) (laughs) so there's a lot i it's for me i've i've found that in the collaborative setting Mm -hmm. or in in embarking upon a collaborative painting there's a certain level of surrender of your of your own vision to just allowing whatever is wanting to happen it's going back to the same way i kind of set aside the image with my early work saying oh, i'm going to paint this right and instead just being like okay we're we're here and it and it's for me it's been like the one of the most fun ways i can just hang out with my friends yeah. you know and so that's Definitely. a big piece of it is that it, it was born out of uh a lot of the collaborations that I've done, I'd say almost all of them have been born out of a really pure, beautiful friendship mm-hmm. that preceded that collaborative painting. And it's finding other people that you vibe with, that you just, you know, either share a, a, the love of art or even having a similar stylistic language that your styles can kind of breathe into each other and something something else is birthed out of it Mm -hmm. and no one can really fully expect what that's going to look like but that's where that magic right happens and so yeah i think that it's been a great exercise in in learning how to just work with people um and trusting that everyone's showing up with the best of what they have to offer and and leaving space for people to um to bring what they have to the table but then also like letting room for that c- collective energy to transform into something different um right so that you know i look at the collaborative paintings that we're doing now and i'm like i would have never imagined right these realms but all of a sudden they they become they're becoming more and more intricate the more that you know you, you work with people and you get to know someone's style and their language right. um it's kind of each painting is like writing another chapter of a book or something they <laughs> keep building on the past work mm-hmm. and yeah i'm so i know that's on one level big part of it I think another aspect to this is that in the live performance realm 
I was finding, first of all, that the ability for myself to create a refined painting in the matter of a few hours to at festivals a few days, it's... Um, I, f I started to really find that in the collaborative space, we were able to manifest such um, like impactful, so much, like so much more happened on the canvases, right. yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> we sped up time by working together. Yeah. <laughs> and so instead of me on a small canvas, you can paint this 10 foot painting that there's no way I could do that on my own. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. And it's, so that would be a heavy, like, it's weight of, kind of like... kind of intimidating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I think that we can really accomplish a lot when we're working together. Um, the quote, many hands make light work. Yeah. Comes mm -hmm. to mind, and it's just, you know, really able to move a lot of energy in that group setting um, and create something really impactful and beautiful and... I also think from the outside when people are able to observe a group of artists working together, that's just a that's it's pretty special. a really special thing to witness too beyond the what's happening on the canvas is actually the dance of energy that's happening between artists too. Yeah. Um, so you're hitting like two principles in one uh, inspiration and stimulation of pursuing creativity mm -hmm. and then also the power of friendship finding a crew and a tribe and yeah. doing things together. Exactly. Yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as cliche as that is, I mean, it really does feel that way when you're collaborating, even if it's just with one other person. So yeah. You just get a lot more done. What's funny, like how you, you know, like cliche, uh, I, like it seems like we're coming full circle. We like we bring up so many cliche terms on this podcast, <laughs> but it's because we actually like we're all doing something, and then you realize how like, oh, actually that's where that comes from. like <laughs> yeah. When you actually have the experience of it, you're like, oh yeah. Well, there's a reason it's cliche because it's like <laughs> the principle of life and reality and being a human being. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be like going back to the collab thing. It's got to be. I mean, I would imagine inspire. I mean, it's inspiring for me as an artist to look at people collaborating and communicating, not always with words, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just this kind of like respect, but also, you know, like a critical push maybe sometimes from other people to where like, if you're not, if you're not, um, doing something that the other person likes if you're that other person who who's being critical of your your homies uh marks you've got to find a way to kind of like ease it into him you know being like ah you know like i think we need i think it needs this rather than saying something like man that fucking sucked man like what are you doing like yeah um yeah i I think it's a lesson too when you're collaborating with someone you sort of level up your own communication and how you express um you know something you're pleased with and then something that you think might need some work mm -hmm. um i don't know yeah you know i feel like it, it, i totally agree with you and with with that, you know, I find that 
it's sometimes the the places that make you feel the most uncomfortable like I don't know that make you feel the most uncomfortable that that's where that real growth edge comes from totally. so you know as an example with painting with Morgan and Randall and Melissa um I would say that Randall tends to be the one that comes in with the heavy hand, heavy to, you know, like a big, huge spot of red that uh, would be like, you know, it's like really leaving a mark on the painting. Yeah, yeah. Little pranks through that I would through. never, ever do, yeah. <laughs> ever, you know. And then it's there, and you have to kind of be like, okay, and like work with it. But it always, it never fails. It becomes the thing. Yeah. In the painting that really gives it, it, you know, I don't know, it gives it character. It gives yeah. it, uh, it just pushes, usually will push the painting into another, yeah. another level of what, what it was there. And, you know, those elements will get kind of pushed back and pulled forward and, but they get integrated. It's a and challenge. And yeah. yeah, and it's like, and it could be there and be like, oh, it's like really nodding me up. And we'll have times when we're like, okay, this is, something here is just not working. And we'll come back in and glaze over, or push something way back. More often than not, though, all of the elements kind of are being pushed forward and back the whole, through the whole painting. Mm -hmm. It's not usually, you know, and we basically kind of find a way to like, integrate all those pieces yeah and so that's part of it to go back to the communication it's like every voice every brush stroke has a purpose right you know even Mm -hmm. if it was just for a moment and it challenged us and then we're like okay (laughs) but that's what the art of collaboration is about yeah is finding a way for all of these different pieces to come together and work together and um you know, as a as a cohesive whole, mm-hmm. rather than like competing with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and so much of art throughout time, there's a lot of competition in the sure. art, in the art world, and so I think, yeah. you know, embarking upon more collaborative paintings and just the collaboration that I see within the visionary art community in general. It's really inspiring to see so many artists encouraging and and working together rather than competing with each other. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. We were totally. like we were kind of like born into the curse of the artist ego. Uh, mm-hmm. When it started with like Michelangelo, when people started saying he was a genius, <clears throat> and then the whole art thing became this ego game. And it seems like we're starting to ride a wave of you know, we're all kind of getting over ourselves. Yeah, and our ownership of what we do, and instead melding together and just enjoying creativity without like, I'm the best. <laughs> Look at my shit. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's a beautiful thing. It's like going full circle from where we started. Um, yeah, it's really humbling mm-hmm. to be uh, in a place like this in a time like now. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, because everybody's so good and so ambitious and uh i think there's you know to me it seems like there's a little bit of competition Mm -hmm. which is i think is healthy but it's like a it's like a playful like friendly competition yeah friendly Mm -hmm. competition wholesome yeah you know uh and i think that that's i mean again like being pushed merely by seeing one of your peers amazing paintings Mm -hmm. and be like oh man you're like 
step up my Time game. Time to level yeah. up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So yeah, the the competition competition versus cooperation thing is always a interesting sort of dichotomy to get into and find like fun little gray areas and uh-huh. you know um I don't know if I have really much more to say about that, <laughs> but but yeah, you you can kind of see where where competition can be healthy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but but cooperation is it ultimately becomes cooperation, I think. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, it's like a competition where, yeah, you're pushing each other, but you'd so much rather give your artist friend a hug than yeah. than be successful and see them fail. Right, totally. Like, exactly. You know, and like, And it's like this competitive thing where one person's success brings everybody up. Right. Like you break through a layer and then you're like, hey guys, check this out over here. You know, so it's like, yeah, you're pushing like you're pushing each other to grow just so you can lend so you can lend a hand down to pull others up with you. Yeah. When you found a new place. Exactly. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like we're all we maybe yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we're we're not in competition with each other, but um we're cooperating to by agreeing to kind of all be artists in the same sort of sort of genre in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, people kind of leapfrogging over each other and like having a blast doing it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Enough with the silly metaphors. Oh, I got a question for Crystal. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> do you have, so do you have a personal mission or a sense of purpose as an artist? Well, it's <laughs> a big question. Yeah. Um, of course I do. I think at the core of my, my soul's mission has been to be here as, uh, to help awaken consciousness. Um, and as, as general as that might sound, I feel like that's really this big, Thing that's happening, the undercurrent of everything that we're doing is that we're riding this wave of the evolution of our conscious awareness and our relationship to each other in the world, facing, you know, some really critical things going on right. around mm-hmm. us and trying to find solutions so that we can steward a more beautiful future for future gener- generations and for our planet. Mm-hmm. And so my art really at the at the heart of it is about communicating the interconnectedness of life and that we're not just separate from from everything else right. that we're an intricate part of it and to help remember help to facilitate a remembrance of the the divine that i believe is in within everything mm-hmm, and right. um so that's kind of the overarching theme of my my paintings is just you know getting back to the interconnectedness of of life and creation um and and awakening the creative spirit Mm -hmm. because i think that that's where a lot of the solutions that we can come to as a humanity is is from that space it's finding 
creative answers and ways of working um, together mm -hmm. to to you know yeah bring the change that we want to see in the yeah. world right level up yeah. it gets back to the collaboration <laughs> thing too exactly it's like if we're all creating from that space of you know realizing that we're all a part of one thing mm -hmm. then we're going to make something beautiful mm -hmm. you know um yeah it's interesting like um art i do i do think changes people's consciousness absolutely like, well totally yeah before the renaissance people didn't understand what perspective was until they started drawing out the lines like that <laughs> yeah like i don't know if people didn't actually see or if they actually saw things differently but it's you know who knows could be true you know yeah there's also this is going to be meta talking about another podcast on our podcast, but um, there's this <laughs> NPR radio lab about oh, colors. Gosh. You know about this one? Mm. They, uh, so they think that like people didn't either didn't have a word for blue or couldn't even see blue for hmm. a long time. Like there's no, for instance, there's no mention of the color blue in um, the Odyssey by mm -hmm. Homer yeah and uh so yeah i mean that's that's just like kind of mind-blowing right yeah well that's an interesting that's like a crazy concept right like say we have a conscious experience and then an artist unlocks a part of perspective or a part of understanding reality mm -hmm. and then the consciousness awakens to that and then we just take it for granted like yeah blue but right, like it becomes a part of how we yeah see the world right mm -hmm. and so yeah i think that that's maybe not each one of us individually is going to discover a new color no but maybe we're maybe. kind of discovering a new way to live uh creatively absolutely and you know i think that we're i don't know if i'd say use the word new but we're tapping into a expanded way of seeing the world yeah. and seeing creation. And I think that there's, you know, many doorways into those <clears throat> multidimensional realms of spirit or consciousness. Mm -hmm. um, art being one of those gateways yeah, that absolutely. can give a key to a way of seeing things. Um, it's also why I work with sacred geometry mm -hmm. and I'm fascinated in that because I believe that, both communicating it through art, the actual and the act of creating it, mm -hmm. not just what you're creating, but the process mm -hmm. is like tuning your consciousness and it's tuning it into a way of perceiving the world and the basic structure of physical and, you know, multidimensional reality. Sure. Mm -hmm based on archetypal shapes and forms. Right. And when you start to learn and understand and, and perceive those patterns, all of a sudden you look at the world totally different. Yeah, mm -hmm. you see those you patterns. Can't, you everywhere. start seeing them in everything, in nature and, you know, in fabric and mm -hmm. um, cultural expressions across time and history, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and you start to say, whoa, okay. Like things start adding up a little bit differently, you know? Yeah. 
um, and you start to see these threads of connection through things. And um, so, yeah, with what you were expressing with art being a way that can help us to, you know, essentially whether it's see new colors or Mm -hmm. see the world different, I think that it's a vastly important tool for evolving our consciousness. Um, I agree. So, Hell yeah. I mean, totally uh, agree. Yeah. Uh, well, even just imagine a world without art be so bleak. It's, it's Everything weird. Everything stems it, from a creative idea. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, like we need. Yeah. 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 It's, it's funny you say imagine the world without art is kind of like saying imagine the world without imagination right (laughs) it's kind of like one of those uh paradox thought experiments or something (laughs) if you could give uh like advice to your younger self about either life or art or even give advice to a younger artist about uh, a good place to start or something to um you know catalyze someone's creativity what would that be (laughs) (laughs) follow your heart okay truly Mm -hmm. um those little inner inklings of what our you know our spirit or um our, our heart's truth is telling us and guiding us to like to listen to those things. It might just be like, Hey, go get this book or Hey, like to listen to those little voice, the little voice of your intuition mm. to pursue the path that is the most inspiring to you and to not doubt yourself in the process. So I think, you know, and, and along with that to take action to create mm-hmm. you know you have it's one thing to have good ideas but to just take whatever step whether if it's a small step you know bite-sized pieces even mm. to just create a path for yourself in mm-hmm. the world that's unique to you because mm-hmm. that looks different for everyone you yeah, know sure mm-hmm. um So, yeah, I think really in surrendering to to that is like going back to those early paintings when I didn't know what I was doing and I was just, but I was trying not to rely on other things outside of me and I was just trying to get to the core of just moving some energy, Mm -hmm. you know? And that is where I think these creative breakthroughs can really happen um, that can set us on our path. Um, so I hope that makes sense, but makes and sense I, to me. And I, totally. I want that, you know, and it doesn't just have to relate to art, you know, it, it can be yeah, whatever's in your heart, whatever right. it is that, yeah, we're feeling called to do with our lives, um, that there's no better time than now to mm-hmm. yeah. take steps towards uh, building our dreams and yeah. being who we truly are, not what all these other layers of what society and people want us to be mm-hmm. um, but to be our raw authentic self and totally and to feel okay with letting that show oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And i find like speaking to what you're saying too like 
it doesn't just have to be art right like but whatever you're it's almost i found in a way almost that art is it was the start of the heart path and the vehicle which has opened up to every aspect of life you know Mm -hmm. and then like if you tune into any creative act that you're intrigued by and you follow that it will seep into every aspect of your life and everything you do you know you get tuned in and then (coughs) yeah i don't know path of the heart (laughs) yeah how do you guys how do you guys tap into well specifically you since you're the guest uh (laughs) how do you tap into something coming from inside rather than getting that confused with some sort of signal that's been uh you know programmed into the external world to get you to buy like uh something off amazon or something like that (laughs) you know what i mean like totally because i i hear you when you say listen to your heart but i just wonder if some people want to use that as an excuse to kind of like uh i don't know absolve themselves from maybe like responsibility or Hmm. or just say oh i'm listening to my heart i'm gonna buy these new shoes or whatever (laughs) yeah sometimes it is the path of the heart to buy new shoes right that's the thing but i'm just I, i guess i'm just wondering about if there if there is a distinction um how would you how would you know and maybe that's an unanswerable question and it's very specific. But. No, it's an interesting one. And I think, you know, it's something to check in with a lot with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is this coming from, is this really coming from like my deepest soul truth? Or is this, is there a, a layer of filter of, uh, you know, a program or something that's kind of m- making a decision or I or filling you with an idea of something. Right. Um, I guess something that comes to me right now and thinking about that is it's enough. I would say kind of, a, it's a feeling that I find that we have the heart is like going to the place of like, I would say the least resistance, like our truth is coming from, it's what it's like feeling mm. truly feels inside of us in, in an embodied way. It feels right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a certain compass, an inner compass that we can look to for how something is like landing in our body and if it feels good or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, maybe sometime that is, I really need a new pair of shoes and that's going to feel really good for me because then I'm going to walk around and whatever you have, feel that new kicks, you you got some confidence. Um, it might also be like, you know, Hey, this thing is not really fulfilling me, but I feel obligated to it. And, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. but for some reason I'm, I, I feel that for me, I need to make a different choice. You mm. know, it's not always easy to listen to that sometimes, but that might be where that deeper truth is coming from. So it's, I want to say the least resist when I say the resistance thing, it may not always be the easiest thing, right? but it's mm-hmm. what feels, it still feels the best when you think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that makes, if that makes right. any sense to you. It's almost like that, that, that space of feeling before thought uh-huh. and then thought will distract you from what you know right right exactly 
can come up with oh but this or that and all these other yeah things if you have to yeah maybe if you have to have like a laundry list of reasons not to do something that probably means that you need to you do should. that thing yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah the mind likes to argue with truth wisdom uh-huh. whatever you call whatever that wellspring of light is that comes out of the center of your being it's like i think it just takes practice too i think you know it like you almost can't describe what that is to follow your heart in a sense you can listen to ram das Mm -hmm. listen to alan watts make artwork meditate work out do healthy things and it's all it's all ways of like kind of training your being to listen to that voice but Mm. uh yeah, it's yeah. hard, right? Because <laughs> it's like um, you said something about uh, being embodied and like how it lands and how it feels like in your body, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I think that that's important. But I also wonder if like everyone, you know, or people in general are in tune with that enough to know you know, I guess it's a, maybe not a, always. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a practice. I think of Every, everybody does know, though. Like, like I think everybody does know, uh-huh. and we can all be weaved in these crazy lives of mind and thought and everything. But I think it's accessible to anybody that can find the moment to pause and mm. feel. Mm-hmm. It's accessible to you right now, mm-hmm. no matter who you are. Totally, and you know. We just get we just get lost in webs of convincing ourselves that we're not in love. Yeah, but it's there. It's always right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Crystal. What what's your favorite thing about art? <laughs> <laughs> we like to ask like like wow. questions that seem simple. <laughs> favorite thing about art. <laughs> It's another really big question, man. <laughs> I think that one of my favorite things about art is just how the amount of infinite potential that it holds. Mm. So, you know, there's always something new to create. Um, and yeah, just dancing with that, like, space of infinite potential mm-hmm. with painting and and how we can continuously recreate ourselves through that um yeah i think that that's probably one of my favorite things about art oh yeah it's a great answer <laughs> i was just gonna say like the colors <laughs> <laughs> i mean i love that too yeah <laughs> It's playful, you know, it can be, it can, art can be so many different things. It can be this like very playful expression. Um, It can be a very cathartic way of just getting something out that we're feeling that maybe we don't want to be holding on to anymore. And for me as well, art can be one of my greatest ways of meditating and connecting to my spirit and, um, getting out of myself actually the creative process can i feel like when you when you get really deep into a kind of a flow state with a painting you start to you know detach from some form of being a third dimensional human in a body and you're 
Yeah. You're in this stream of consciousness that's like a conversation with God, you know, it's oh, with yeah. the divine. And nice. you're just like conversing in a way that, um, yeah, it's transcending like thought and becoming just an act of, I don't know, just connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you tend to, you like vanish in that deep state. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're free of your personality. Mm-hmm. You just get to flow. You're just following what, what should come next on the canvas. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's my favorite part. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. And a follow up question. Uh, so what kind of, what kind of stuff do you like to do outside of art? Outside of art? <laughs> is there such what? a thing <laughs> what is that? um you know i really i think one of the things that i enjoy the most is just being out in nature so i love hiking i love camping i love just exploring um and and being outside um i enjoy music i like dappling with writing um and um i love working with plants so mm-hmm. i've been kind of just on a very casual but um uh, i don't know if casual is the right word but I, I am exploring herbalism and learning about plants and making tinctures and that kind of thing i don't Ooh, consider oh, myself nice. an herbalist by any means but just dappling That's... in that realm of the the power of medicinal power of plants Mm -hmm. um and and connected to that i dream of future gardens i always have like i've had small versions of gardening i don't but i in terms of like growing my own food and uh plant uh food flowers and medicines Mm -hmm. to yeah there's a whole other alchemy to that so Oh yeah, um, yeah. I love working with with nature. I love crystals. <laughs> hey, that's your name. What else? I don't know. Dancing, just being goofy, <laughs> yeah. spending time with my family. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. So you live in Wisconsin now, and um, back to my roots. Yeah. So so that's where you grew up, and then what's that like you know because you were you wrote a you know you were talking about like how you wrote a wave of you know starting to live paint back in like 2004 you wrote a wave you come came out to Colorado lived out here for a while then moved back home I mean what's what's that experience like kind of being away from some of us you know (laughs) because you were saying like you don't really have (laughs) does it is it way less cool now that you're away from us (laughs) oh my life it's very different um and it's something that you know i've been i've been processing a lot because um i guess we we kind of we moved along with that topic of the live painting but Mm -hmm. to touch back on that to a little give a little bit more context i suppose to this is that you know i started live painting in wisconsin in 
2004-2005 and then when I first came out to Colorado was in 2008 mm. and I came out for a Sonic Bloom festival nice. and um, there was a handful of other artists there there was maybe like I don't I don't actually want to put a number but maybe less than 10 Mm -hmm. um, other artists and live painters there and I saw that there was a you know small community at that time of artists that were doing the same thing that I'd been doing I was like oh mm -hmm. I'm not so like out there yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. like, um, and connected really you know with some amazing artists at that festival and um, that became I saw you know pretty instantly from that I was like wow this is kind of a, a there's a, a space in this community for what I'm doing that it fits like perfectly in. I knew I needed to move to Colorado. So I went home, packed up my car and pretty much came right back after, after that experience. And then over the next 10 years watched and was a, you know, was a part of and witnessing this live painting movement that exponentially grew mm -hmm. um, really pretty. It was profound to watch it because <laughs> that seed group of, you know, a handful of live painters would be out every, you know, every weekend doing a lot of different shows. Um, Cervantes was the main place that there was a lot of live painting that was happening. And there's some big boxes that we'd all kind of like go up on these boxes and, and set up our easels. And, and anyways, that just kind of exploded to the point where all of a sudden there was like more <laughs> artists than almost would fit in the space. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it was just a whole thing, mm -hmm. and 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 it still is. I mean, it's a thriving epicenter of of visionary art and live painting, um, and this whole movement that I feel is really coming out of uh, Colorado, especially. It's happening a lot of other places in the country, but anyways, to go back to being home in Wisconsin, I went back there, and although that's where I started my live painting roots, it's really not happening that. Yeah frequently that I've seen mm -hmm. um, I've only seen one other artist set up at a show before and I haven't been doing much live painting since I've been there I felt like a little isolated in that and a little isolated and actually feeling like I was surrounded by a, a vital creative community mm -hmm. and I'm not in any way intending to put down the Milwaukee art scene i just personally haven't felt like I've meshed into it and mm -hmm. some part of it I feel is my own responsibility of not maybe putting myself out there enough and sometimes I question that but I also think that I am I, I do feel that there's a, a there's something really special happening here in Colorado that mm -hmm. yeah. when I come back it's it's <clears throat> deeply refreshing for me to be back and surrounded by so many like-minded artists and, mm -hmm. um, and the, you know, there's really a magic to that of connections that have been built over a decade of creating together. And it's hard to build, you know, hard to uh, start, 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 start over. Yeah. Um, and, but yet I can kind of project forward too and where I think Milwaukee will be in even 10 years. And I, I know that mm -hmm. the visionary, community is going to grow there yeah. and um and i do want to be a part of that as well so you know i feel almost some i'm gonna say a sense of responsibility for being there and bringing kind of bringing what we've been doing here 
back home again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I also grapple with the idea of whether I'm supposed to hold that responsibility or if, um, you know, to, I find that I feel more vitalized creatively when I'm surrounded by my, yeah. my friends and communities. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, thanks a lot for uh, paving the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For real. Seriously. Like, I, I looked up to you for a couple of years before we met, and uh, you were very nice to me when we first met. It awesome. <laughs> and it made me feel really good. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like doing something right, I guess. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, thanks for you and all the other uh, kind of first or maybe second wave of of live artists yeah i mean paving the way for all of us yeah you really you paved the way for a bunch of weirdos to have an outlet to be be a human being you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's really special yeah for real and uh so shouts to that and i just wanted kind of like so much everyone listening to this to know that uh you were kind of like the part of the first wave Mm -hmm. and so i feel like in a way we sort of like you know owe you some at least some appreciation and love for that so we owe you a high five and and a beer okay and a beer i'll give you a beer yeah (laughs) no and (laughs) thank you guys for showing up and and um really pouring your heart into everything that you do and you know i think that there's i i think that you know one of the coolest things about my path that I've felt as an artist is just the name being able to watch as something has grown mm-hmm. so immensely in the short, I don't say short, but you know, it's been what 14 years since my first live painting. And I just, um, I'm, it's so cool to see yeah, like yeah. all of a sudden all these artists, you know, it's not all of a sudden, but I had sort of fantasies back in the day of like, wouldn't it be cool if you go to places and anywhere you go, you're seeing artists out making their, mm-hmm. sharing their work and, and working together mm-hmm. as well. And, um, I think that that's one of the really special things about the live painting movement is that it has brought a lot of artists out of the woodwork and yeah. to meet each other that we might not necessarily know like right. oh hey like mm-hmm. I don't know if we were walking by each other on the street might say hey it's smile but the live painting thing just kind of it creates it's like holding up the flag or something yeah. it's like hey mm-hmm. I'm an artist and so yeah. am I and so am I and oh, well, hey let's hang out and yeah. um, a really beautiful community has been born out of that yeah. and um, and you know I wouldn't work if everyone in the world wanted to be live artists. <laughs> well, yeah. like a niche for a reason, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting to think of the evolution of it and, and to project forward to what, what is the next step to yeah. with mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. What, do you think that, um, everyone is uh, kind of an artist in their own way or absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We are we're, we're all live artists in life. No, <laughs> um, no, I truly do believe that everyone at their core is a creative being, and sure. they have that within. Every we all have it within us. It's mm-hmm. a it's a gift that we can, 
you know, utilize or not. But <laughs> right, right. it's better when we do because it makes life more interesting. I think it leads to a more fulfilling um for more fulfilling life and I think that the more that people are in touch with their creative spirit or process um, the more that they maybe understand themselves mm-hmm. like it's a way of kind of doing the work to get to know who you are at the core and I believe in art as a mirror mm, for yeah. for our consciousness and for the world and um yeah, you know, to go back to it though, that we all, we all have that. And so yeah, I would encourage anyone to pick up a paintbrush and try to paint a painting. Oh yeah. Um, and I shouldn't want to say try to paint a painting, just paint, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. There's no trying here. Um, there's do no it. trying yeah. Just do it. And it, it'll, it'll be beneficial in some way, mm-hmm. whether or not you want to become a painter Right, and, right. You know, I'm not. I don't necessarily promote that. I think everyone needs to become painters. That's yeah, when I say right. it wouldn't work if we all wanted to be live artists. But it is a beautiful practice, just like stretching. Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's a a cool way to get to know yourself and to express yourself. And so I totally, if anyone's looking for just you know moving some energy in their life, getting a fresh perspective of things to just you know let that raw expression out oh yeah painting's a great way to do it mm-hmm. um don't judge it don't judge it do it for the sake of it yeah. in its own right just yeah. let let it let it let let it flow and something um something great can come out of that even if we you know aren't like whoa what did i just do you know right, <laughs> right. it's it's more about the process it's and not the final exactly. product mm-hmm. exactly yeah <laughs> I had another question, um, but I can't remember it. So now I'm just filling up space by letting everyone know that I had another question. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have any um, maybe grand ideas of what you could do with art in your lifetime? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well. I mean, you already helped create an entire subculture, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, any, anything else on top of that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have I have personal dreams of what, you know, what I would like to do with my work on grander scales. Um, I, and that's kind of, I don't want to say morphing, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I've always had a dream about creating a community art center Mm. kind of space. So it's evolved from being, whether it's a community center, if it's more of a retreat space, Mm -hmm. um, it's something I've thought about since I was really young actually. And seeing that I think that the more places that people can go and have, have a place, that they can feel comfortable to be surrounded by like-minded people, um, to share stimulating conversations and have it be kind of out of the like commercial, you know, or have it be a gathering place that people can come and create together. And, um, 
you know, I see that blending with like the gardens and mm-hmm. the, yeah. you know, yoga. And so I, that's one, one grander goal I would say for myself. Um, although I'm seeing, I see it manifesting in so many different ways with people that I know and around me that I know it's just, that's where I say it's kind of changing. Like, am I supposed, is this my goal or do I just, feel that this is something that's really important just to, mm, to have, have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know and seeing these pockets of like the network of these different retreat centers that people can travel between yeah and um so yeah i think that's one thing with the art is creating like hubs of places that are ins- inspirational and uh, regenerating to people to be able to come in and mm-hmm. you know charge up and learn learn something new or connect with people that you know feel like, in the same way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like-minded people and building community um and yeah i have like a more like structural part of my self in the way that i think about things so um my father is an architect and working with sacred geometry as well. I have this interest in seeing, you know, ideas become things and I I can see creating more immersive kind of spaces in the future Mm -hmm. um, that are transformational for people to come into. So that's always been an aspect of the kind of retreat vision would be the kind of structures and things that could be on a property someday. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's there's so many things that I know. Like, right, you yeah. know. Um, can I ask the question back to you guys? Yeah, totally. No, <laughs> we, <laughs> we're interview. We're interviewers. Okay, interview. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to what, that. What are some of your bigger visions with? Oh, what you want to see I've definitely your art had, or art in the world I, I've definitely had that uh, idea as well I think that something like that must be happening I mean you look at a place like Cosm right? exactly and it's um, yeah it's just kind of you know this sanctuary for people to come and appreciate art and the transformative power that it can have over your state of mind and your perception of the world I think art in and of itself is um, can be stimulating, life-changing. You know, it, it can also be just ignored by people. I'd like to see something that has like a... I'd, I'd like to see somehow a dovetailing between um, environmental stewardship with being creative uh and a space for that uh other grand ideas i mean i just want to i just want to paint larger (laughs) you know a a lot of this stuff is like just my own like i want to do something bigger more people will see you know it and um yeah i i enjoy painting large things the few times that i've done them Mm -hmm. and I'd like to expand more on that. I really like using spray paint, even though I gotta wear a mask. Uh, because if you breathe that stuff in, it's bad for you. I don't know if you guys have heard 
Makes you feel pretty cool though. But yeah, it smells great. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I don't know. It's like that and gasoline. I'm like, oh, I like those smells, but they're like <laughs> <Yeah>. so awful. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the podcast. So yeah, I think this. Um, I'm excited about the podcast. Uh, I think that what we have here in Colorado is very unique. Um, it feels like, and maybe I'm just like in my own head about it, but it feels like Seattle in 1990 or mm-hmm. something, or like uh, Brooklyn in 1990, uh, hip hop and yeah. then the grunge scene in Seattle. Or like the Impressionist movement in right. France uh-huh. and yeah. Yeah, so it's like visionary art and psychedelic bass or visionary bass and psychedelic art, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we're all kind of like gathered here, um, and really expressing ourselves and getting a lot of support. And I think it's cool to document that whatever it is, maybe Mm -hmm. history will look back and be like, that was like (laughs) nothing whatever (laughs) it's like this silly dude just like yapping away on a microphone a bunch of weirdos took acid one time and thought they were brilliant (laughs) they thought they were geniuses (laughs) and we are you know like uh i i will i will keep pushing that meme out into the world uh because i think it's special and it means a lot to me to have found all my friends here it's so weird like uh, when I moved out here in 2012, it just felt like I'd found all my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the same you experience know? moving here two years ago. And I'm, I'm not alone that, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Me too. That was how I felt. That's why I was like, went home and packed up my car. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. I'm moving to Colorado. I, mean, I don't even know where I'm going to live. I just know I need to be there. I couldn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like following the heart. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If I hadn't listened to that, you know, God, my life would be so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Same. I mean, so grander goal, like, I think it's, it's not only to create the best things that I can create, inspire other people, um, point to some sort of, whether you want to call it God or just creative force that we all have inside of us. I think that that's undeniable. Mm -hmm. Like you can say God doesn't exist, but you can't, you cannot say that the creative force doesn't exist mm-hmm. because yeah. it's all just constantly creating mm-hmm. and moving forward. And I want everybody to realize that and like embed it within their being and modify their behavior through that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm trying to change the world. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, um, excited about the podcast and, um, and our community here. So, Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) I say that way too much, I think. I think I've said that like the last four podcasts. I got to stop saying it. You're still getting a laugh, so. Cheap joke. Cheap joke. (laughs) Anyway. No, I think these these kinds of conversations are really important. And so thank you both for providing a, a platform for the creative dialogue to happen. And I think it gives, you know, a lot of people insight into I don't know just the the inner workings of 
right. of yeah. the creative mind and and community that mm-hmm. we're a part of, and um, yeah, yeah. I, w- I want people to hear these and realize that they're not alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, it's just to know that they're to have an articulated vision of what life is outside of the shopping mall, you know, or what life is outside of your favorite Netflix show. Although I love some shows on Netflix, (laughs) um, you know, that there's a lot to be found and that you should be, if you want to be brave enough to take some risks in your life. Cause I mean, as far as we know, we only live once in YOLO. this body. Yeah, YOLO. You only live once in this body. Like epigenetics and like reincarnation and karma aside, like we don't know what's going to happen to us. And if you don't take this opportunity and follow that creative force, follow, like you said, your heart, then you're missing out. And uh, so yeah. YOLO on the FOMO. It's like, I mean, yeah. I guess, I don't know. To just yeah. like distill that down into a Generation Y uh, <laughs> quip there. Yeah. Well, like, and, and you're going to be a human being and like life inherently is not easy. So you might as well face the challenges doing what is calling your heart. Yeah, whatever Because you're going to face challenges anyway and when you do that, you alleviate suffering <clears throat> from yourself. And when you alleviate suffering from yourself, you alleviate it from the world mm-hmm. and it, it won't let you down. Just go for it. That's why like, I want to keep showcasing all these people that went for it. Yeah. Because like, <clears throat> you know, somebody speaking from that experience, you send ripples out into reality. Right. That, like helps other people f- fucking break the chains and follow right. their heart. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, that would be a beautiful world is like, no matter what you do, if you're in love with it, I mean, imagine a future where you look around and everybody's in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be awesome. And like, it's the world I want to live in. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, and it's like, I think we all get to do a little part of that. And whoever's listening to this is doing that as well. Right. And like, let's all keep doing that together. Yeah. You know, and the yeah. more we... The more we communicate and share, we can, we can discard what no longer serves us and embrace what each other has learned. Then we mm-hmm. can rise together as one, you know, that's some cool shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So basically just pushing that meme of, of what you were just saying, <laughs> <laughs> being in love with what you do and your life and, uh, just transcending, uh, all the bullshit. Oh yeah. Crystal, uh, <laughs> do you have, so this is going to come out next week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any events coming up or anything you want to let the world know about? <laughs> coming out next week. Well, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, um, this will be in the past when we listen, when people listen to yeah, it, yeah. but I'm heading to Nebraska this weekend oh, um, cool. to an, a 15th anniversary event for uh, 
Hallucination Productions, which is an old a friend of mine, um, Dustin, that's been throwing, bringing together art and music for for over a decade now, 15 years. And nice. so I'm going out to live paint for that this weekend. Um, and I'm excited about that. The first time I was there, it was like 10 years ago for a bass nectar show. Oh, wow. So it's been wow. a whole decade of uh, evolution of live painting and and community building since then. Right on. Um, and from there, I honestly don't have anything that I can think of off the top of my head right now that's any like official Ooh. events. Are you doing I'm a just getting excited to release a bunch of our series of live paintings um, coming up in the probably by the end before we're aiming for before Thanksgiving time. So Oh cool. Cool. Yeah. So we'll have a coming push up. of new art, um, massive big paintings that we're finishing up. So that's exciting. And where are you gonna show them up here? Um, we really were going to release them online, but we are also in discussion of doing another show here in the Colorado area, potentially in Denver, to exhibit some of these uh, paintings that we've been working on. So awesome! Um, we need a big, big venue for that. Yeah. So we don't have any official dates for that yet, but that's definitely in the works. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Oh, yeah. Do you have a name for your crew? No, but. <laughs> We uh, <laughs> Randall likes to call it um what's he like to call diva it? Charlie's th- Angels or something. Oh, I thought it was like <laughs> the the diva and three girls or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We we unofficially call it, and a lot of other people call us the dream team. Uh-huh. I don't really even know where that started. <laughs> you should but, get dial it in. You should but get, we call yeah, yeah the dial in. Dial in is another name because we um we always just say you know. Just dial it in. Dial it in. So that's been like a a running kind of joke or saying amongst us that we've then transformed. And we had our last art show that we had. We called it Dial In. Oh yeah. Um, But no name is fully like fully landed for us yet. Mm -hmm. Um, We all just love working together and. You know, so on on that level, we just want to keep creating, and I don't know if it'll become like a, a name, thing. like a band, or yeah, yeah. When's um, your next should... album? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so but we have found something really special in the way that we work together, and mm-hmm. and to keep you know something that we want to keep building on for sure. Um, Morgan Randall and I were all roommates back in the day, um, you know, the Pyramid House, and. Um, Melissa fit right in with our little triad and so um, yeah so I look forward to working with them more and um, and also though you know knowing there's a lot of beautiful collaborative energies beyond in this you know I don't I don't in giving names to groups and things like it, mm-hmm. I don't want even with the visionary art community you know this is i guess something that i want to speak to which is wanting to feel a spirit of like inclusiveness and not not have it feel like people are like a club like yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know that there's room for there's like room for people's unique visions and and energy as a part of it and 
it's just about like showing up. Yeah. <laughs> so, the group that I shall not be named. Like, yeah. Put yeah. that out there to anyone that like maybe even just feels like they're on the periphery of something and, mm-hmm. and don't feel like they have a sense of community. Right. You yeah. know, jump on like, in. Like you don't have to paint. It, 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 you don't have to paint a certain thing. It doesn't have to be multi-perspective. It doesn't have to be flower of life. It doesn't have to I be don't do any of that. figurative. <laughs> it, it's like, if you want to, if you want to join the band, you're in, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you're probably already in it and you just don't know it. You'll be embraced with open arms. Yeah, and, exactly. And sometimes you'll be lead singer. Sometimes you'll be tambourine as Chris Rock says. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway yeah join us join, us. join us. you're in the band you're in the band so uh, we're all in the band yeah so it, you guys your crew uh if you guys were a band what instruments would each person play do you think <laughs> well that's a really interesting question <laughs> um so we do kind of paint like a band in a way mm-hmm. everyone has like their own uh instrument or i don't know i think randall comes in with like the snare drum yeah <laughs> just the snare just the snare he's no like the, the general he's the drummer yeah. um i feel that for myself i find that i'm I'm laying down like chords. So mm-hmm. whether that would translate to guitar or the piano, mm-hmm. there's the element of like the, just setting the basic like tone or the, the key of something. Yeah. I feel like I play a role in that. Um, and Melissa, I think does the, key. Is it, what are you? Like a melody? Melody, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah dual melodies um what are we missing i mean we've got you got all other kind no we don't have any horns in there we need do we have uh or do we have like a sitar Ooh. yeah maybe randall's sitting back there with the drums and he's also got like a horn and a mallet and all kinds of (laughs) just making (laughs) some rhythm basically No, even I think a question or do you pass coming out of this? We might. I think yeah. we pass off instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, funny thing, mm-hmm. random, but I just saw uh, Randolph Roberts what? and the Family <laughs> Band. Oh, uh, Robert Randolph. Robert Randolph. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that came out wrong. Sorry, I was thinking Randolph so much. Roberts. Like oh it reminded me so much of Randall's name. Yeah, yeah. But Randolph. <laughs> Ra- Robert Randolph. Robert Randolph and the Family <laughs> Band. And I saw him play. I saw him years and years ago, but I just saw him this past summer at Summerfest, mm-hmm. and it was amazing because they did exactly that. Mm. He's mm. like the main centerpiece but at certain points in the concert all of a sudden he hops over and he's playing you know the bass or the Mm. drums and this whole family they Mm. all switched out instruments yeah and the musics didn't really change that much Mm -hmm. it it still held the same kind of a charge or the the fullness of the sound that if you weren't actually watching the stage that switch could have been somewhat indistinguishable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of an, an, an interesting, not only with the name, 
of how that relates with kind of what we're doing, Mm -hmm. um, that we kind of switch places in a stylistic way of like, at times I start thinking like, how would Randall paint this? Mm-hmm. And I paint like that. Or <laughs> how would Mola, what would Melissa do here? What what would Morgan do? Yeah. And I feel like we all kind of put on each other's hats a little bit. Nice. You That's know? Cool. And we're painting with we're all painting over and 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 uh through things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so there's no areas of these collaborative paintings that just one of us touched. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's Randall's spot. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, mm-hmm. right. You know, you might see more Randall's style, but that doesn't even necessarily mean he, he like, he maybe <laughs> lay the little foundation for it and then, then we build like off of that. So I think yeah. we're all kind of switching around on the instruments. Nice. Back to that question. But bigger question that I'd maybe ask you guys is if you would think of what kind of music that our paintings would be, what genre would you... <laughs> probably like um pop country for me personally <laughs> pop country <laughs> no that's just the genre that i can say without a doubt that i can find nothing uh appealing in uh, <laughs> so i thought i'd give a sarcastic answer but for real um i don't know my i you know probably just the music that i'm influenced by ranging the gamut from say like tool just like deep fucking like wrench the sewage out of your soul and like discard it to like really beautiful ever-changing harmonies like uh like a guy like blue tech mm-hmm. can put down um you know integrating the shadow uh like heavy metal kind of music to beautiful ambient like Niels Fromm or <laughs> or uh, or uh, Roy Kassab, or, or not Roy Kassab, fucking Sigur Rós. Uh-huh. Um, that's a, I'm going to have to edit that out. That's kind of embarrassing to get those two acts confused. <laughs> <laughs> They're just both kind of from like uh, Iceland and Northern Europe. So, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, and sometimes it's like that get up and go like trap music, you know, like that like no i'm serious i'm completely serious i've really learned to love uh a lot of the aspects of like rap and hip-hop in terms of like overcoming obstacles even though you know we're not comparing experiences but everybody has something that they've got to push through you know and like when you hear like a a trap beat or like a grime beat it's like it's like very uh catalyzing i think it's mm-hmm. like get up off your ass and hustle and make something happen <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard for me to just uh pin down one genre much like uh like calling visionary art uh a genre a genre it's, it's <laughs> kind of like all-encompassing it's like yeah it's kind of all-encompassing of what a bunch of different genres are and, and being sort of genre less or like transcending a certain style synthesizing things i always look to like now you've got me going but uh <laughs> i really like artists like david bowie um who almost every album he put out 
is different from the last stylistically. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you know, like same with Bob Dylan when he was like the folk guy. And then the very next year he went to the folk festival and plugged in an electric guitar and people were like booing him and stuff. <laughs> Really, I think it's not the David Bowie, or not, that's not the Bob Dylan I know. Yeah, this uh, isn't folk music. It's like <laughs> I, I like things that sort of fly in the face of um, people's expectations. Maybe you know, like I'm totally comfortable making a very feminine, flowy, breathy, heart-centered piece, and also just like making something with a bunch of black and white lines that like make it look like you're going into a portal like your last installation which is so epic thank you knocked my (laughs) socks off it was a lot of tape (laughs) just say that um but yeah i mean for me personally it's kind of like that i'm i want to express it all (laughs) right on anyway john (laughs) wait so the question is like what kind of music it is my art reflecting something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, if my art was a music genre, definitely drum and bass music, yeah. high tempo, energetic, very clean, bright, and also psychedelic and deep trippy. Mm. You know, like, uh, and even like maybe like Dead Mouse or something like that. Uh, just like a lot of positive push, mm. positive energy, uh, lots of clarity while also maintaining like psychedelic overtones through the whole thing. But yeah, that's like, I don't get too crazy with like, with my art. It's like, it's kind of a simple thing, really. It's just, uh, happiness, love, energy, clarity, uh, precision Mm -hmm. um i like to like trim out all the fat there's no wonky notes or (laughs) or like it's not like very atmospheric it's more just like right to the point of like this is it i saw god here it is yeah (laughs) come come on join in with me you know you don't have to know you don't have to know shit about shit as soon as you see it or as soon as you hear something like dead master drum and bass music you're just like yeah this is fun and yeah, that's how I groove. Nice. Yeah. It's working for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. I think that's probably a good well, place to yeah. schwack it off. Uh, cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just schwack sh- off. Schwack off a little bit. <laughs> Noodle around. All right. Well, this ends the uh, musical portion of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Should we all sing I'm the a song? One who has to edit it, yeah. Do you guys want to like sing a let's song? Sing, uh, <clears throat> let's sing "Touch of Gray" for Randall. <laughs> Shout out! Hey, if you guys, um, if you, oh, yeah. Randall Roberts, just send him all your Grateful Dead memes, music suggest- suggestions of Grateful <laughs> Grateful Dead sets to listen them. to. He loves yeah. the Grateful Dead, so please let him know about. I think his favorite years were like, um, like eighty-seven through eighty-nine. <laughs> yeah. Those are horrible And yeah, he especially loves the sets where they get like a little experimental and yeah. out of key. And, he really understands yeah. it and gets it. <clears throat> so yeah, just send all your favorite Grateful Dead stuff to Randall Roberts. That's Randall Roberts with one L. Randall Roberts art on Instagram. Just yeah. send him all your cool Grateful Dead stuff.
<laughs> we're actually the Illuminati, and <laughs> and you get a free membership. John's been accused of, <laughs> yeah, of I being pe- Illuminati. Yeah, and well, it's hilarious. What I mean, rightfully so, because I'm in the. Illuminati. Oh yeah, because you're. Um, what do they call the like head of the Illuminati? George uh, Bush. John Speaker. Oh, John Speaker. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, right. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah. Whatever. I forgot. What? That group. What are the groups? What is it? The Bee Gees. <laughs> Parliament Funkadelic. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this is just part of our Illuminati mind control spell. Yeah, this is just... <laughs> we, we create a wave of confusion that we're going to come out with you some heat. <laughs> There's uh, subliminal messages being transmitted right now. And <laughs> you all want to buy an RTAF t-shirt when they come out, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Crystal, how can people find you? Yeah. Uh, on... Yeah, Any, you say it. anyway. Sorry. Um, so my my artist's name is Crystal Eyes, and um, so that's kind of my across the board. Um, you can look me up and, and connect to my different social medias K- through that, and it's K R Y S T L E Y E Z. So that's my Instagram name. I have a Facebook page, um, and my website is uh, crystallized.com. Cool. And so, yeah. Can use, people get prints and stuff on your website? Yep. I've got a shop. Yeah, I check also them out, guys. have uh, um, some, yeah, great. I work with Vision Lab, and they've been an angel in my life of just doing amazing printing with my fine art um, and for a lot of other artists in the community. So I've got some great Vision Lab products and and I also have a section on my website for people that are interested in learning more about sacred geometry. I have some like basic kind of springboard for just information on sacred geometry and um, kind of an overview into the deeper meaning of some of the sim- symbolism in my paintings. Um, and yeah, that's, cool. I think that's, that's about it. Um, yeah. I, yeah. 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 Wrap it up. Um, <laughs> do you, I mean, <laughs> do you want to? Oh, yeah. I got to pee. Yeah. <laughs> No, this has been really great. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Well, yeah, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> of awesome. course. It's I'm like, never able to make it happen, so. Yeah. yeah. Up here in the mountains. Hell yeah. Well, we're glad to have you here. And um, in the past, you guys better go have checked out Crystal if you live in Nebraska and Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lincoln, Nebraska. Hell yeah. So this is somehow going to resonate and re- reverberate through the few i don't know how that's gonna work (laughs) (laughs) and if there's any homies that made it this far that live in wisconsin let crystal know you're around yeah Yeah. maybe join up milwaukee squad create a little friendly art crew you know yeah there's got to be some cool homies out there for sure for sure so yeah thank you again crystal and for everything yeah Um, yeah you're awesome. It's my thank pleasure. You so I love you guys so I love much. You too. Love you. Yeah, thank you for everything that both of you guys do for the visionary community and just being good-hearted brothers. And it's been really a joy to know you. And I love love these kinds of conversations. So 
to keep the dialogue going and thank you to everyone out there that's tuned in with us for this conversation thanks for for being here with us and adding your energy to to this uh visionary stew i guess (laughs) um yeah no we love you and that's like what this is all for is to reach more people and just inspire them to to shine so oh yeah we love you guys all right y'all peace out much love